Good afternoon. I'm happy to have the slot where we all are fighting sleep and uh, doing our best to be uh, conscious. <laughs> um, I was telling Pastor earlier that it, there's been some, some exciting things today. Uh, in Sunday school, we talked about Elijah, or with uh, in Isaiah, I mean, 1 Kings, when the fire of God revealed God in a great way to um, Israel. And then in, in Sunday school, or uh, worship service, Pastor talked about the judgment of God, the, you, you just can't miss the, the great power of God. And in this afternoon, we're going to be talking about um, when man gets his way is the name of the message. And uh, when man gets his way, and so it's, again, another very extraordinary manifestation of God's presence. And so in Psalm, uh, Psalm we're going to hit a few places here. Psalm 106, verse 13, it says, They soon forgot his works, they waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. And this is in reference to the manna that, uh, that they were miraculous, Pastor was talking about. In the wilderness, there was no food, there was no water. But day by day, Israel was provided for. They were provided for in miraculous ways, either through the manna that fell from heaven or through the, the water that came from the rock. And the Bible says that rock was Christ later on. And so the, uh, God provided for them uh, in, in extraordinary, miraculous ways. But their response to God's blessings and provision was lusting, lusting further than what God had provided. So Psalm 78, if you'd like to turn there with me, Psalm 78, we're going to read starting in verse 14. I'll give you guys a second. Psalm 78, verse 14. Psalm 78, verse 14. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud. And Psalm 78 is one of the panoramas you see in Scripture talking about Israel's history and other things, but it says in verse 14, In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light, with a light of fire. He, gave, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. And you look at this verse 19, it's very extraordinary, mankind, what we're capable of. So verse 19 Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that what the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the, the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them and had given them the corn of heaven, Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought, he, he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. And so the, the thought of this message is when man gets his way. <laughs> and we saw that right in the middle there. It says, because verse 22, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation, but they, they, they lusted. And the Bible is very clearly here talking about, you know, they, 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 they were given manna, and they desired flesh, they desired meat. And, um, and so they even, and there's different things about this. So let's go ahead and get into it. So, uh, number one, is that God gave manna in the wilderness. It was provision that was always enough, and it was miraculously provided. 
God gave man angels' food, and it said in Psalm 78, the corn of heaven. What a privilege <laughs> that, God, that God would give man a taste, literally, of heaven. And yet man being man is not satisfied. You know, man, man always looks at what he has, what, what God is, and listen, all of humankind alive today has received from God. Every person that's alive has received blessings from God. And the fact that we continue taking breaths is, is the grace and mercy of God, but mankind fails to see it that way. Most of the planet is not aware of the blessings of God, certainly not by, by means of believing in, through, in Christ and recognizing that his every breath comes from God. So God gave manna in the wilderness, and it was provision that was always enough, and it was miraculously, miraculously provided. Number two, man received the manna but wasn't satisfied. And uh, carnal man never is satisfied by heavenly provision. Mankind is constantly wanting things that are out of reach. And so though God told them the plan, man was insistent on, if you read these in, in Exodus 16 and Numbers 11, if you'd like to see these for, uh, more about this, you can see that carnal man is never satisfied with the heavenly provision. And though God told them the plan, man was insistent on, one, keeping more than his share. God told them to go out and gather a certain amount each day for, for every man and every man for his family. Uh, and he was insistent on keeping it longer than he was supposed to. If they kept it past morning, then, uh, then it was going to breed worms <laughs> and it was going to stink. And they did that too. <laughs> and the only exception to that was they were allowed to gather twice as much on the day before the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to gather on the Sabbath day. But that led to looking for it when it wasn't supposed to be there. So God would send twice as much on, on uh, I guess, Friday. And Saturday, they would still go out and look for it. And so God tells them exactly what the plan is. He tells them exactly how he's going to bless them and provide for them. And they still keep more than their share keep it longer than they're supposed to, and they still look for it when it's not supposed to be there. And so uh, man does it demanded flesh, and get this, to return to Egypt. <laughs> the Bible's very clear. They spent 400 years, over 400 years in bondage. And the Bible says that, that they cried out to God for deliverance. And yet, man being man, very soon forgets what his bondage was. How many of us have, have pled to God to forgive us for sin and then not long after, gone right back to it. Because the flesh is never satisfied. Never. You cannot satisfy the old man. And it's good for us as Christians to come to the place where we recognize there's no point in me giving in to this temptation because I'm not going to be happy when I get there. And it's, it's very important for us to reason the way God tells us to reason and to, to recognize the truth that God tells us and accept, okay, God's plan is the perfect plan. If I do things his way, that is the way in which I will be happy the most. Even that is something of a selfish perspective. If I do things God's way, I'll be happy then. <laughs> but it's not, it's not exactly wrong to think that way. If I do things God's way, that's the way in which I'll be happiest best. It'd be best if our perspective was, I will serve God. I will seek God's glory day by day. But at the very least, we could reason with ourselves and say, there's no point in giving in to sin. You if you know there's something that, that you're being, feeling tempted by or being drawn to and you know what's wrong, and if you recognize it as sin, you can just reason with yourself and say it's not going to pay. Sin does not pay. It never does. So man demanded flesh and yearned to return to Egypt. And so in that process of time, they desired flesh and they, they provoked God, as we saw there in Psalm 78. So God gave quails for their lust, uh, for their lust for flesh but sent leanness into their souls. We've read that in Psalm 78. And so, um, first of all, God miraculously sent, miraculously sent an abundance of quails 
an entire month's worth. So they were lusting, and they say, we want flesh, we want meat. And God said he was going to send them not a day, not a week, but a month's worth of flesh. But there was, there was going to be a, a terrible recompense for this. And so there was a terrible judgment for God's people who fell a lusting. That's how it's described in Numbers 11.4. While the flesh was yet between their teeth, God smote the people with a very great plague. And the Bible says he smote the, the um, I forgot how it was described, uh, the, the chosen men. He, 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 he smote the group of men that were lusting and, uh, and desiring after this. And, they, and, and, you know, if God had let them have this, they wouldn't have stopped there either. They would have gone beyond that and demanded more and more and more. And so God had a plan, and it was a good plan, sufficient and simple. It only required one thing for man, faith to believe God and trust him to meet their needs. It's the same thing that's true today for everybody in this room. (laughs) God has a good plan. And it's, a, it's more often than not, it's a simple plan. Even if we don't even understand every aspect of it, it's, it's usually simple. And yet, we are never satisfied. As if, we, if we walk in the flesh, like it says in Galatians, if you walk in the flesh, you will, you will um, walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And yet, every one of us wakes up every day and the flesh is there. Wanting things, desiring things. And so our place is, as Christians, to... Every day, sit at Jesus' feet like Mary did and seek his guidance, seek his leadership, seek his blessings, and deny ourselves. That's what the Lord Jesus said. If any man will follow after me, he will have to take up his cross daily. And that's the thing that mankind is just not used to doing, denying himself, saying no to his flesh. And so number three, the extreme truth of where this leads. There is a danger in seeking, (coughs) excuse me, there is a danger in seeking the fulfillment of carnal desires instead of seeking and trusting in God. And uh, I'm going to turn to Romans, if you'd like to turn there with me, Romans chapter 1. This is, again, this is the extreme place where living for fulfillment of carnal desires, this is where it leads. So Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it says, uh, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image of made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use for that into that which is against nature. And also likewise the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. This is where gratifying the flesh goes. And the thing is, is 
listen, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians struggle day by day with the flesh. And as far as I understand, we're going to have a struggle with the flesh every day until God takes us home. There's going to be some sort of battle. Now the thing is, is God is able to overcome. There is nothing that God cannot overcome. So if you have a struggle in the flesh, whether it be addiction or, or just whatever it is, there is nothing that God cannot overcome. The problem is, is when the child of God does not see it that way. Instead, he decides, I'm just going to give in to it. And often we don't think in terms of those thoughts in our heads. We don't, we don't put the words to, to describe exactly what's going on because that might shed some light on what's going on. Instead, people just give in. And, of course, the real rebuke here is to the child of God. Because, listen, the, the, the lost man is, is only capable of being a lost man. And so, listen, the rebuke here is for the child of God and for us to recognize that when we give in to the flesh, it will only breed disaster in all of us. I, I can't speak for any of you where any of you are. I just know that in my flesh I have learned. If I give in to my old man, he takes a toll. And so our place is to say, Lord, help me crucify my old man. You see, the thing is, is I think that a lot of us feel like, you know, even again, we won't think these terms of words, but we almost feel like God's grading on a curve. See, I'm not doing as bad as I was doing 10 years ago because, man, that was bad. But God looks at my life now and he's thinking, you know, that, that guy, Brad, he's, he's doing okay nowhere near as bad as it was that's not the case that's not the way in the manner in which God looks at our lives he expects get this obedience (laughs) and we are just so slow to learn I do say we and I mean we we're slow to learn our lessons as God and God is patiently listen there's no one in which God is harshly dealing with us even as pastor was sharing there in revelation I was talking with him in the foyer there This is the last opportunities that mankind has to turn to God. The next event on the calendar is the Lord Jesus shows up. He's not as a meek lamb lying in a manger, living a life and giving that life to die for the world. Now he comes as its judge. And all of those judgments that are being poured out on mankind, listen, there's a very, very important way to look at those things. Those judgments are also mercy. Because you're seeing these worldwide cataclysms and we're seeing the vestiges of those things right now, the precursors to those events. We're seeing them in the world now. Did you, as we read there in Romans 1, did you see any of that in our world today? People being unmerciful, implacable. They don't love their parents. They don't do all any of the things, but they give in to their flesh. Look at America today. Look at the generations we're raising right now. They are fleshly, carnal creatures that cannot even seem to recognize right from wrong. The only thing they recognize is, is it what I want? Will this satisfy me? Will it gratify me? And you know, the thing is, is even for the lost soul, I think the more you give in and give in and give in and seek and pull desire and desire, the less it satisfies. Even for the lost man. Because some carnal man can't be satisfied. And so listen, the point is, like I was telling Pastor out in the foyer, we're just just, uh, getting the lowdown, is it's a losing battle. Mankind should get with the program. I don't know if mankind is, I I don't think mankind is capable of doing the math. I think God has to break in 
and reveal the truth to us. And set the evidence of, uh, and the truth before us. And the Holy Spirit has to empower us in our hearts to be tender towards God. It's the only chance we have. And yet God, again, is a merciful God. And he is constantly meeting us where we are. I've seen that over and over and over in my life. God constantly meeting me where I am and being merciful to me. And listen, God is a gracious and good God, and he seeks to, to deliver us. But in this passage, we looked at Romans, you see, in verse 24, God, gave, God also gave them up to uncleanness. Verse 26, God, all, God gave them up unto vile affections. And then verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. I think a reprobate mind is someone that's just gone. There's no talking to them. There's no reasoning with them. They're just sold to do sin. And so, listen, that's not a path that, I, I believe this with all my heart, that's not a path that anyone on, on planet Earth wants to be on. And I think that, uh, listen, we've done some terrible things in America in sacrificing the next generation. We've let them have control of the schools. We've let them have control of the higher learning. We've let them have control of, of, the, uh, of the entertainment. We've let them have control of the public square. And now people are, are so completely dead to God. And listen, I don't know. I, I, I am certain that, that it's not too late. I know that people are still getting saved. Thank God for what Pastor shared about, about uh, the people in Ethiopia. Praise God for that. What about the people in America? Are Americans gone? I don't think so. You know, my main reason of evidence here, we're still here. God left us here. Listen, it doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. God has a job for you and I to do. And so our place is to recognize God's plan is the right plan. God's will for my life, it's the best plan for my life. Lay our lives at his feet, hope in him and trust in him, and God will bring about his will and we will be blessed in his will. And ask God to help me not get out of his will. In Proverbs 16, 9, the Bible says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Very simple way of putting the, the, the equation that everybody is operating on under plan, on planet Earth today. Your heart chooses, God chooses what happens to you. It's an extraordinary thing. And again, it's like a mini Proverbs. There's so many Proverbs where, yeah, you can get the meaning right on the top there, but it goes so deep. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Last thing I want to share with you is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 6 through 10. It's a wonderful verse. It says, but God, godliness with contentment is great gain. Again, it's almost like a proverb. <laughs> godliness with contentment is great gain. Whatever God has given us. You know, I, I, we have a tiny little home, and, and you know, we, our cars are, I, I better not start that. <laughs> oh, listen, here's my point is it's enough. We're blessed. Today I'm in church with all of you. We're blessed. God's got a plan for our lives. Everything that God is doing, He has got a plan, and we're blessed. To seek more than what is in your hands is wrong. It's called covetousness, and it's a great evil. And listen, let me just read on here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. That's a foreign concept today. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. 
But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And folks, that sounds to me very much like it could apply very much to Christians. While some have coveted after, they, they've erred from the faith. You see, looking for, chasing for things that you think will make you happy is actually going in the wrong direction of happiness. Happiness lies in trusting in God. So what if, you know, the American dream we think is the house and the car and everything else, what if God should call us, any one of us, to live in the desert and eat locusts and wild honey? Could that be a blessed life? Not if you ask the average American. But John the Baptist was a great man of God. He was the, the herald of Jesus Christ. He prepared the way. Listen, if God's plan leads us to a situation which we don't recognize will be a good, pleasant, happy place to be, it doesn't matter what my eyes see. All that matters is can my heart and my mind, can I trust in God to give me contentment and peace no matter what? And God can deliver he already has a life that is what we think we want with all the things that we think we want but doesn't have God's peace is a life that is completely wasted at best. A life can also do great evil. And so listen, we need to throw ourselves at God and say, Lord, I need you to help me follow you and walk in your ways so I can be the man you want me to be in this world. Because a life of purpose is a blessed life. A life where God is at work in our lives, speaking to us and speaking through us to the lives that our lives touch. See, I'm not, I'm not accountable for most of America and certainly not the world. I'm accountable for whose lives my life touches. My wife, my children, my brothers and sisters, my coworkers, the people I meet at Walmart. That's who I'm accountable for. And I, listen, I don't want my life to be just a life where I am just looking inward, gathering to myself what I think will make me happy. What we need is for our lives to be tools in His hands. That these hands could be His hands. My feet could be His feet. My mouth could be His mouth. And we ask, have, to, have to ask God day by day to do that in us because we can't do it on our own. So um, that's what I wanted to share. Finished early, Pastor. <laughs> it's amazing he, he asked me to preach today. <laughs> All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of who you are. We thank you for your perfect plan. We pray that you give us grace, Lord, to lay our lives at your feet and hope in you and trust in you and follow you. And we, Lord, we have seen, Lord, with our own eyes, with our own experiences, that walking with you is, a, is the plan that pays the best dividends. I pray that you help us, Lord, to fear you, love you, serve you, bring glory to you, and, and share you with those, those around us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you told us if we ask anything in accordance with your, with your will, we know that you hear us and we have that which we have asked. I lift up to you, every one of us in this room right now, that you would help us to hear and follow your voice and bring glory to you day by day. Please bless uh, uh, everything else that's done here today. We pray that it be done in a way that's pleasing to you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. <laughs>